The path of life is full of surprises. For instance, I never would have foreseen myself working in a school setting. I see what my wife endures as a teacher, and it's very unappealing to me. Just everything. She puts in so many hours, even when she's not at work. It's incredible. Teachers, they put up with the most, and they get the least. But I landed a technology gig at an Ivy League prep school and ended up loving it. I was on the same schedule as my wife and kids. I got to use my technical skills to help teachers and students when they got stuck with printing or Google sign-ins or installing apps or whatever. Working in a religious setting was another unlikely setting for me. Then poof, I was working in a Jewish school. Now, I grew up thinking I knew what Jewish was. No, I didn't. I didn't know anything about Jewish culture whatsoever. And now I know more rabbis than most Gentiles. And you know what? The past three years have been very enlightening. Abraham Joshua Heschel School has put me into a community of so many inspiring people. But my guest, Rivka Soloway, stands out as someone who is beyond exceptional due to her charisma, her energy, and how well she's able to connect and guide the students here. She has this aura that you can see when she's approaching you in the hallway. If you've never met her, you'll still feel it. She has this very commanding presence. She reminds me of a good version of Kara from the movie Flash Gordon. Because Kara was a bad guy, but if Kara was a good guy, that would be Rivka. And that was supposed to be a compliment. But I'm going to take a step back and let her tell you more about her passion. Shalom, Rivka. Shalom, shalom, Chad. <laughs> so you are the, the Judaic studies head here at Heschel School, but I don't ever see that part of you. I always see you as a strong, passionate, willed director of dancing and singing and all-around fantastic stuff. Well, I'd like you to elaborate on what you feel you are here. Okay, so I wear quite a few hats. Now, the first hat that you mentioned that is actually on my head is the head of Judaic Studies. Um, maybe it is not visible. It's actually the work behind the scene, the curriculum, um, the academic uh, studies of the children, the supervision of teachers, the communication with parents. All these things are sort of behind the curtain. But when you see the children uh, performing, doing uh, their uh, receiving of the Bible or receiving of the prayer book, then it's not just the choreography and the singing. It's actually whatever they learned before in the language and their ability to speak and stand and say it with pride that is manifestation of what of the head, of the person that is behind the scene that is preparing them together with the teachers to do what we ask them to do. So here is my philosophy. When I teach anything, the children, like choreography, movement, uh, poem, singing, it all has to have skills in it. And I, I... Think about what I do before so that the children gain not only the fun of doing it and, and performing it, but that they are acquiring skills while, do, while doing it. Here is what I mean. So first of all, I instruct them in Hebrew. So they have to 
really listen and um, apply what I'm saying. And yes, I use a lot of body movement and facial and tone, but still they have to listen. Secondly, they need to learn to work in a team because it's not a solo, it's a class effort, it's a team effort. So they know that if one doesn't do what everyone else, it really ruins it for everybody. And then they need to learn to follow instructions and they need to learn order what comes after. They need to listen to when their turn comes. Uh, they have to watch where they are when they're dancing, moving or doing anything that they're in line with everyone. Uh, they need to learn to speak in a way that the audience will understand and that it's not like talking to each other. So all these are skills that go into the fun, unacademic um, activities that, that I do with the children. So, uh, wait, that's not all. So I said I have few heads. <laughs> so um, I'm also, uh, I have a good sense of aesthetics and um and my husband says that I have a level built into my eyes, so I see things really straight. I, I have to see things um, well presented, nicely, nicely performed. For example, if children do their work in artwork, it's beautiful. My job is to put it out in a way that will make it even more beautiful. So that's where my thinking comes and my sense of aesthetic and design. I create bulletin boards and then put children's work on it and it upgrades their work amazingly and they are so proud when they look at it they really sense wow it's amazing what we did and we're so important look at the way that is presented so again it's also teaching aesthetics and showing that things matter you don't just do something nice and you just put it there and that's it no there there's a lot of thought that goes behind everything and I create many things that, um, or that, that help the children and see, and, and it's not only beautifying the environment, the school venue, but it's teaching the children as well at the same time. How far ahead uh, do you plan for, let's say Purim is coming up and mm -hmm. you've got some, some things going on, how far ahead do you... Okay, so... Uh, we started thinking about Purim um, in January. We started working on it in the very beginning of February. It's about a month and a half before it actually happens because it involves a lot of components. For example, um, uh, Tuesday, last week Tuesday was the first day of the month of Adar, which is the Jewish month where Purim takes place, and it's a custom that when the month of Adar begins, you have to begin to be joyous because the month of Adar is all about being happy and joyous. So on the first day of Adar, I dressed up in a costume. I had those fruits on my head and this South American uh, jacket, and I played the part. And in the uh, arrival, when I came into the theater of the arrival, all the children, oh, we know something is coming. And then we put the screen down and we took um, a video 
called Just Dance. So this is what we do. We study the video, then I think of music that belongs to Purim, songs that the children know in the rhythm, and then we find we match the songs with the rhythm of the dance, and then we put it up, and the children get up and start dancing those beautiful movements they love, they're all funky, while that's the Hebrew and the songs about Purim that they know and they sing. So this is one thing. And then this week, tomorrow, actually Friday, we have uh, a spirit day. So it involves three factors. All the children come in pajama because it's the opposite day. One of the elements of Purim is that things turned upside down. Whatever was turned to do to the Jews turned back and didn't happen. Like, So everything is opposite. So they come in pajamas like they're going to sleep. Then we draw a lottery because in the story of Purim, Haman drew a lottery. We went to get rid of all the Jews. So we have special lotteries like uh, you get a pass, a homework pass. You don't have to do homework for one day and other fun things that we do. And then at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, just before they go up to their classes, we have a flash mob. We have a dance down in the atrium, lots of people around, parents, children, and boom, suddenly a dance. So all this really is the spirit and the joyous of Purim, and it will all culminate on Tuesday when Purim falls, and then the atrium is going to turn into the frozen palace, and moi, I am going to be Queen Elsa, and uh, everybody comes in costumes, and we take pictures with the background of the palace, and then we go in the theater, and we read the story of Purim with props and music, and then we have a a movie presentation with teachers singing about the story of Purim, and children present their costumes, and we eat homentashen. It's a great, joyous day, but takes a long time to prepare. So you believe it or not, but already a month ago, um, actually, I was sick in the beginning of January and I at home, so I started to think about Independence Day that comes only in um, April, something like 19. And I am already thinking of what to do. We already gathered parents who helped me bring things and, and, and create things, and we were here. And the plans for Yomatz Mode that is in April 19 already are undergo. So we plan it a lot in advance and it, it requires a lot of work. It doesn't matter how early we start, we still always have a lot of work. And sometimes we very we rush at the last moment, stay late because we didn't finish. But that's how it is. Was uh, school for you when you were that age? Were you, was it as festive? Um, well, no. I grew up in Israel, and I went to a public school in Israel, like everyone else. Um, I was born a, a year after Israel was born, mm-hmm. and um, so I grew up with a country with all the the difficulties and the um, uh, there was a lot of poverty, and there, were, there weren't things, nothing. There was nothing. It was the beginning of the country. So we had schools. We went to school. Um, school was not a fancy thing. It was straight academic, but of course, we had a lot of singing and we had amazing t- 
teachers. Actually, they were all almost celebrities. They were like uh, um, composers were our music teachers and artists were our art uh, oh. teachers. And in my days, not only did they teach us techniques in art, they taught us to sew and to, and the boys, the girls were sewing and the boys had woodwork. Um, but everybody learned some life skills together with academics. Today, it's cool. Yeah, maybe when we teach them computers, it's life skills, but there aren't actual things where you use your hand to create and to fix things. It, it's somehow, there's no time because there are so many subjects that you need to learn mm -hmm. in school. So this disappeared. But right there and then I developed great love for, for music and art and movement. I was very good in memorizing things. So I would memorize, the teachers would, would teach us to memorize. We memorized chapters of the Bible with poetry. And, and it, was, it was part of the fun. And I remember that I loved saying them in a patterns in, with the right way. And I carry it. So when I graduated high school, I wanted to go to acting school and get my degree in acting. I wanted to be mm -hmm. on stage. My father said, uh-uh, <laughs> you're going to have a profession where you can raise a family and this is not it. So, no, you're going to go and you're going to be a teacher. I said, well, okay, I didn't have much choice. So I became a teacher. But I think that I was able to use all my passion for all the other things to make the teaching and the learning alive and with experiences and where the children really, um, it wasn't flat, it was three-dimensional and the children were hands-on. And, and I believe that that really is what, what makes me because I don't teach flat. It, it cannot, nothing can be flat. Everything has to have angles and dimension because otherwise it's boring. It's it's not it. And yeah. learning is exciting. So let's make it exciting. Yeah. So you ended up going to college for... for uh, yes, I was, right. And I studied to become a teacher. And later on in life, I... Uh, I started a uh, production company oh. where I taught, I had dancers and singers, I taught choreography, I had singers and musicians, and we put on shows all, all over Toronto with Israeli and Jewish content and culture. And it was great because a lot of my students came back to dance with me when they grew up a little. And um, I also have another passion that is Torah. I love the Bible. So other than aside of educating myself in this subject, I also took, I really developed a huge love for chanting Torah and leading services. So I became a professional Torah reader and I can chant any, any, anything, any chapter from anywhere in the entire Bible. Um, and there's different trope, there's different music to different books. And because I am a good teacher, I also um, teach children and I'm able to teach children with difficulties because I really incorporate so many um, ways and methods and create things to teach children how 
to chant those really foreign um it's foreign music it's not like the songs that they sing mm-hmm. it's something totally totally different and i i am i managed to develop love that they make them love what they do i use different methods you know some children they don't have good hear good a good ear for music not everyone can sing and hear yeah. what you're teaching so we we learn the trope with sometimes with hand choreography sometimes with clapping with drumming with moving our feet I, there was one girl that I did a whole choreography for every trope we had a choreography in order for her to learn it and and it is amazing that children that don't have don't experience much success in their academics suddenly and are able to experience success in such a thing and it's it's just it's so rewarding it's unbelievable when I see them in synagogue when they deliver everything that they study they stand you know they have a captive audience all their family and friends and everybody and they're able to deliver something with pride and with quality oh my gosh it it's just amazing to see that <laughs> um yeah Did you have to serve in the military or were you still okay, in Israel? Okay, so I didn't. And here's the reason why. So in Israel, when you graduate high school, especially girls, that's not today maybe, you had a choice. Either you continue to study and then you postpone your, um, your army service until you end your studies and then you join the army. Uh, or you go directly. So... Because I chose to continue to study, I continued. And when I finished, my boyfriend said, we're getting married. <laughs> I said, oh, no, I want to go to the army. I have to be in the entertainment troupe. And if not, I'm going to be in the radio station. No, I, he said, well, if, you, if we don't get married now, we split. That's it. So I said, okay. And I married. Also, if you're married and you're a female, you can't serve? Or uh, no, well? and married females do not serve. Oh. Uh, no, you don't. They're not recruited, as simple yeah. as that. So I had to give up my uh, army experience. And, uh, and then I, I became a mother very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Very quickly. So it ended up that, like, I was married when I was 20 years. And a month, and I gave birth to my daughter when I was twenty and eleven months. Wow, so I am now seventy, and I have a daughter who is fifty years old, and it's it's I'm friends with oh, my children because right 50. we are Almost. we're friends, we are <laughs> not far in age, wow. so yeah, and I'm still able to do what they do, and it's really it's terrific, it's terrific. Nice. I have three children. That's great. Yep. Do you have grandchildren too? I do. I have four. I have two grandsons and two granddaughters. My, it's 19 and 17 and 14 and 10. Wow. Uh, two of them in Israel and two of them in Toronto, Canada. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I've never been to Toronto, but I grew up in Saskatchewan. Oh, <laughs> Saskatchewan. Yeah. Are you the from plains. a farming? Uh, yeah. Oh. A farm town. Yeah. There, yeah. Okay. Yeah, named Kindersley. That was the name of the town. I, bought, I got this book recently. It's called 400 Writing Prompts, and it's basically this book of just empty questions. I picked one out, 
uh, the other day. I was going to bring the book and have you pick out the question. So anyway, here's the question. You have just bought a sailboat, and you have to name it. What would you name your boat, and where would you sail to? Okay. (laughs) That's not far-fetched at all. The reason? We had a sailboat. Uh, Actually, it was anchored under my window because my 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 home was on a pier yeah and there was a marina right there and uh that boat was called puffin uh <laughs> it's a bird yeah and uh, uh and the reason it was puffin is we we bought it it was with the name puffin but we really liked that it's a bird that is free and flies and I like, I'm an independent person, and I, I like to be free and, and fly. And um, we, we sailed a lot along Long Island Sound, a lot, every, every place there. We weren't so um, brave to go out to the open ocean, and it was a small, a small sailboat. And... Um, you know, like my husband was the captain and me, the entire crew. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how it was. But the funnest thing were the nights. Like we were anchor or, or somewhere and it was amazing. The silence, no motor, birds, some some lights in the distance. It was just amazing. So it's it's freedom. And it's it's joy of of the world. And right now, I have to tell you, it's a very big question where I'm going to sail far away from the coronavirus as <laughs> I can, yeah. because it's really affecting every aspect of my life, especially because I work at a school and we have so many children and such a community to care for. So I would go far away. I have never been in Hawaii, and I would oh. love to go there. Oh, that's beautiful. And 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 I would love to to dance there and be in the waves and wear flowers and and hula skirts and dance with them. This is what I would do. <laughs> By the way, did they discover the coronavirus in Hawaii? Oh, I don't know. That's oh. a good question. Well, hopefully not. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's uh, what's on the horizon for you? So um, it's really unknown at the moment. So I uh, am retiring at the end of the year from mm-hmm. my position in my school. And it was a huge position. Like it involved so many things. I, I would start it at a quarter of seven in the morning and leave the school at 6.30 at night every day. So it's a big thing that really filled my whole being. And... Now I'm not going to do it and I will have to deal with my passion that is still there because I'm still really, I feel that I can create and I can do. So one thing I started to do already, uh, again, part of my, um, my uh, one of my hats that I didn't tell before, I create materials for the children, um, reading um, books, uh, uh uh, books about curriculum oh. about is that one of the things that I'm doing I'm writing a lot of um, fun things for children to read I rhyme very well and I'm very proficient in the language and I have a sense of rhythm and I create um, 
pieces that the children are enjoying immensely. So I might put things together and maybe create a book. I'm oh, not yeah. good in, in the business aspect of it. I can uh -huh. create, and yeah. then I need somebody to take it from there. But this is definitely one thing that I'll do. And uh, I will continue to teach children to chant Torah, and I will do what I love to do, which is run and exercise and dance. And so I'm sure I'm not going to be sitting in one place yeah. for too long. I know that your energy is always uh, spinning. So... Yeah, I'm very grateful, you know. I believe that uh, God gives talent to people. Mm -hmm. Some people are amazing dancers, some are amazing singers, mathematicians. T people get gifts from God. God said, this one, I'm going to give her energy. So mm -hmm. I feel that mm -hmm. the gift that I have is energy. I truly, truly believe it. And I believe that I'm able to, to draw children particularly, with my energy, and they follow me, and, and it really creates even more energy. And uh, it's the energy that really drives me. It's not adrenaline. It's really true, pure energy. And I hope that my fountain that is inside will not dry, and I will continue to generate this good energy. I can see it going for a long time. <laughs> That's what you're bestowed with. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, shalom. It was wonderful talking to you. Shalom. It and was really nice to be led and, and be able to express everything. And I appreciate that you opened and ended with shalom, which is a Hebrew word, yeah. right? Peace. So, Go um, peace. Uh, thank you. And I'm really impressed, Chad, that you interviewing me and you dressed up for it. Oh, yeah, you have a tie. a tie and a shirt. It, very complimenting. Thank you for, for doing it as a respect to me. Thank you so much. We got to do a picture. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Rivka is definitely a candle that is nowhere near burning out. Even though she was discouraged from a life of entertainment as a teen, she still found an outlet for her passion through teaching. We have a special lavalier microphone for her at Heschel School so that she can direct the kids with her hands and still be heard by the audience during big events. She's like a rock band. She loves it loud. I think she may be related to Gene Simmons, who's also Israeli. In a theater event, she turns around and looks up at the sound booth and tells us to turn it up, turn it up. There's an outtake from this interview that I can't leave out because it's totally Rivka. So listen to this. I, I always <clears throat> claim that I have a built-in microphone. Yeah. You do, but then you're always still calling for a microphone. Yeah, well, <laughs> I sometimes I don't want it because I need my hand anyway. Yeah, that's right. It's me. It's that's me. where the, uh, the little... Right, the lavalier. Yeah, right. that's perfect. This interview took place a week and a half ago, so the celebration of Purim has already passed, and also Hawaii has since been hit by coronavirus. So that dream about... A boat trip will have to stay a dream for the meantime until we can sort this viral situation out. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more episodes of Bestowed, click subscribe and they'll automatically pop up in your feed because quite honestly, with this pandemic that's happening right now in New York City, I don't know how possible it's going to be for me to get to my interviewees and get a, a nice little story. It might be every Sunday, or it might be every other Sunday, or it might be in the middle of the week or something, but I'm going to do my best. 
it's not that imperative that I have this podcast come up every Sunday. It's a lot of fun for me, and it's practice for me, and, you know, that's it. I'm not making money doing this, so it's more fun than anything. Yeah, see ya!